Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Something I've been meaning to talk to you about for a long time now is faucets. It is the apparent practice of Satanism. That's worship of the devil. Now, police have been skeptical when investigating these acts, just as we are in reporting them. But there is no question that something is going on out there. And that's sufficient reason for 2020 to look into it. One caution. We believe that some of the pictures and descriptions in Tom Gerald's report may be disturbing and even frightening, particularly to younger viewers. Here is Tom's report. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Mateblanc. London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. Yuck, that's gross. That is that is gross. It is gross. But we had some interesting off-air conversation. You guys missed HPV talk. Yeah. Well, I do think it's worthy to go back to our existential Gen X experience. Yeah. Where the Gen Xers... Tell you who we are. Oh, where can you hear me? The podcast of three Gen X guys talking about stuff. And so as in the Gen X era... Who are you? Now he's all about <laughs> formatting. Boy, he is holding your feet to the fire. I'm Gustav Montebon. I'm Ty Webb. I'm Heavy Longmire. Uh, see, I'm going to have to edit out that little smack. Yeah. That little... Sorry. That he does. Take the toothpick out of your mouth. I can be found on Twitter at Real Gustav. I'm at Ty Webb 3000, a.k.a. Dick number two. You're number one in our heart. <laughs> you can find me at Heavy Longmire. And the show Twitter is Can You Hear Me Pod... And the show email is canyouhearmepod at gmail.com. Okay, so we're all 44 now. Yeah. Did you hit your 40? Yeah, you just had your birthday. I did. Hey. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. When was your birthday? January. All right. Happy birthday. We missed it. Sorry. That's all right. We got a cake out in the truck. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Someone left cake out in the rain. Have you been a, what's the uh, thing you're a fan of? People A finger in my butt? No, the uh, British women sitting in cake. Sploshing? Yeah, did you splosh the cake? <laughs> I didn't. Okay. I'm we a, ordered it pre-sploshed. We, right, you know, the deal. lady at the bakery did. All right. I do not understand sploshing. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't understand messy stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, you want to, like, put a little uh, squirt of ready whip on something? I'm okay with that, right. you know? But... I don't want not a you, vat of yeah. I don't ready want a vat of ready with yeah. Just a little bit. Let's go ahead with existentialism. So, as Gen Xers, we grew up with a few sort of Damocles hanging over our head. So the first one was imminent nuclear war because mm-hmm. things were heating up in the era of uh, the Reagan times. We well, also we hit that Cold War dead on. Yeah, we were you know. It was getting hot in some places. So then we had a uh, the crisis of HIV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that pops up, starts off kind of seeing reports around 79, 80 in the journals. And then... Sex can kill you. Sex is going to kill you. By the time we're 
ready to get started in yeah. the oh. late kids, 80s, our early 90s. It's, uh, Nancy Reagan's telling us. You know, Everybody's no, scared to death. Like no Russian love, roulette no with your dick every time. And what was the third one we had? We listed the third one, wasn't it? Uh, satanic cults. cults. Our satanic cult scare, yes. Yes. Yeah, a your little... dick survived the AIDS. It was going to get cut off by some Satan worshiper. So we Hopefully had... it wasn't a HIV-ridden satanic Communist cult. Communist Satan? We were yeah. we were on the safe side because we weren't a blonde virgin female. That's right. Right. Blue eyed. Blue eyed. Blue eyed. Yeah. Really we were wanted. none of those things. Yeah. Well, I'm blue eyed. I, I was the virgin part. Sorry. <laughs> I was out in the barn making Lakota dance wear. And that year that you had the blonde wig, we were really concerned. A little worried. It might be right. the year for you. You survived it. I made it through. He, he tempted them. <laughs> out there shaking my ass. So we were talking off air. How? I picture him getting rotisseried over a big fire. <laughs> Wig falls mouth. off. They're like, fuck. What this Get shit? Out she out ain't here. blonde. Those, What's that dick doing here? It's a nice dick. Those three things made it where we really were worried that we were going to die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the first two especially, obviously... You know, shit like the day after and all those movies. It was a real thing. Like, we were really worried the world was going to end. Well, we had competing worries, too, because, like, if the world's going to end, my thinking was like, oh, I better get to fucking before the my my world is over. (laughs) Right. And then this AIDS shit hits, and I'm like, well, I need to get to fucking, but I can't get to fucking. Like, this is. And then if you're going to fuck, you don't have a place to fuck, so you're fucking out in the woods. Where the satanic people can get you. Right. I mean, you talk about. It's a no win situation. Paralysis by analysis. I mean, you were stuck. Now, amongst all those crises. Crises? Crises. I think it's CCCs. CCCs? I think it's Crisi. I don't think, as a whole, we worried about much else. There weren't a lot of causes. Well, crack cocaine. We also had crack, but that really wasn't touching. I remember the first person I knew that smoked crack in our little town, Uh and I was convinced that... uh, I was like, I gotta tell somebody. I gotta because we tell were taught so, tell somebody how great it was. We we were taught that you know you do that once and you're hooked for life, right? And you know, well, it, I mean, back in our day too, like marijuana was like somebody's doing marijuana. Yeah, in high school, like they're a druggie, right? Like they might as well be doing heroin, yeah, and cocaine, yeah. Like there wasn't just you know recreational marijuana, like yeah. that wasn't widespread in high yeah. school. Like you had to have several. It was it was more widespread <laughs> than it was than not one widespread. W- like I had groups, think. I had there were groups that did it, but it was not widespread. Well, well it wasn't widespread, but yeah. it was there were groups. Alcohol right. was widespread, right? Marijuana was its own clique. Remember the first time I saw cocaine in high school? Yeah, that was that, another level. Yeah, that shocked me. I was like, yeah. whoa. All I can tell you is looking back... The first back, time I saw that, I did kind of feel like, uh, am I supposed to call somebody? Yeah. Or? Looking back as to your uh, marijuana being widespread or not, I just remember watching some Cheech and Chong movies, and some people found them a lot, lot funnier right. than other people right. in the group. Yeah. Right. And at the time, I was like, man, that guy really enjoys this type of humor and i don't quite get it well but that guy really liked well it. and my exposure to marijuana use in high school was that you had that realization where there's like that, like friend of yours that introduces you mm-hmm. and then you're like oh there's more people that 
<laughs> do this sure. and I know about? Like, you know, you're like, I didn't right. think anybody did. Oh, wait. So that guy too? Right. And then that, like, oh, yeah. so y'all are all in the club. Right. Like, it's nice to be introduced it's to like, the club. Well, maybe this satanic cult could happen where yeah. you don't know that like, everybody's You're telling me this right. is going on and right. I didn't know about right. it kind of thing. And then, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, compared to now, back then, yeah, Using you, marijuana was a big deal. Yes. A yeah. big deal. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like drinking. No. Which is like it is now. Right. I mean, it was it was drug use. Yes. Close. Right. Yeah. And, and it it is one of those things where I remember one of my friends in high school was like, let's go out in the parking lot during high school and smoke some marijuana. I was like, are you fucking insane? <laughs> I was like, do you want to go to prison? <laughs> and I was just like, we might as well go. You might as well. You might as well have told me, hey, we got about 30 minutes. Let's go out in the parking lot and fucking kill somebody. That's what, you might as well have said that. I was like, are you insane? Might as well have been tying a a tourniquet onto your arm. Yeah. Right. I was like a sophomore in high school and I was like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. And now, you know, I mean. Just the same one that got caught with weed in the car y'all senior year? I don't know. Lost a scholarship. Is this the one that was a real good friend of mine? I uh-huh. dated his sister? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Same, okay. Same <laughs> yeah. That, that was also my introduction to seeing cocaine. Of course, <laughs> personal. I was like, oh, this shit actually exists. It's not just like, on movies. This is not device. just on movies. Right. Like, you, there, there's, it's actually right there in front of me. I thought it just happened in Miami. I didn't yeah. Realize. Like, oh, well. Yeah. It's th- good to meet you, cocaine. That, that family moving to town was an eye-opener for a lot of things. That for changed you, my it? life. Quite a bit. Yeah. Between the brother and the sister, that took me on a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother road for a while. That's that family, something else, man. Ooh, that, that was quite the education for young Ty, mm. starting up that relationship. Both of those relationships. Mm. Okay, sorry. Side note. No, Back to I, I fear of it, death. Fear but of death. That, because we were worried about death so much, I don't think that we gave a fuck about much else. As, as far as like causes. and I mean... It was a dark come, cloud hanging come over and us. Go, yeah, but it wasn't. Nobody was like passionate about. It seemed like about stuff like that. Like, yeah, I mean, you like had, now, right? Compared to now, and I do realize the p- kids today, you know, they're worried about school shootings and stuff like that. Well, and there was also the difference I think between like when we were kids, there was a big distinction between kids and adults. Like we weren't going to be starting any movements or anything you know like we were just being kids right well like we didn't feel entitled enough to like have a voice in the community and i think that you know social media has definitely made it where a quote-unquote kid can address adults directly right whether it's effective or not you know that's secondary but definitely there was a barrier yeah i mean do you know anybody in our group that would have felt empowered enough to go to some city council meeting and make a speech about something that needed to be changed in the town. No, no, no. but that makes me think about, and I can think of one person. Did y'all see the video of the young man? I think it was at a Kansas, some city, a small city in Kansas that went to the city council meeting to stand up and recommend that they repeal a law against massage parlors for rub and tug. Yeah. I, I think that. I've, I've seen, seen that. that yes, I can think of. I can think of somebody. Somebody that would. Yeah, the general. That's where they would have drawn the Actually, line. Actually, I wouldn't think of the general. I was thinking of the dairy man. Okay, I could see the general. This is where I draw in the his, line yeah, in his bit. I could draw the general. Yeah, yeah and as far as a bit. Yeah, but I'm going to find that audio, and that's going to be in the uh, gotcha the intro or outro because yeah, it, it wouldn't be many, and it would be probably for a bit. If it was the general, it'd be a bit. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, there's nobody. I, 
I can't think of any gals that would be passionate enough, you know, that we grew up with to fight about the shit that you see people fighting about today on social media. Well, and, I mean, I kind of feel like our general mindset was if an adult was talking, then it was time for you to shut up. Or if an adult told you to shut up, then that pretty much ended it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, they made it clear if you didn't already understand that they didn't give two rats ask yeah. about your opinion right then you learn pretty quick that like oh this is the time where i stopped talking yeah now to that point i was talking with somebody we didn't really have quote a voice right, right. <laughs> somebody that teaches over somewhere else in the 903 at a different town and basically the kids just cuss them out now in class because they can't get their ass whipped anymore and because the, whatever this new style of this district is, it's very well. That's definitely hands off. And I'm like, I can't imagine. You talk about something seeming arcane to tell your kids about the fact that you were literally scared mm-hmm. of getting SWATs. Yeah. In school, right? Like yep. in high school. Yeah. You were worried about a man lighting your ass up with a paddle yep. hard <laughs> like yeah. i remember and being that, a freshman and that kept you in line yes i remember being a freshman and having a good friend of mine that was like a big badass football player like go on to college to play football and getting one lick from the principal and tears in his eyes and being mm-hmm. like i will not fucking get into that situation <laughs> like i mean he must have hit him so hard. Mm. Like, I've just kept imagining how hard he would have had to hit him for him to be literally crying mm. to think, I am not, I like, I, it, all the shit that I know I'm going to do, I've got to make sure I do not get caught. Right. right. Because you are going to get beat yeah. if you get caught. Yeah. And can you imagine? And your parents are not going to give two exactly. shits exactly. about it. There was, there was nobody. You're going to try to keep them from finding out because you're going to get another ass whipping right. when you get home. I can't imagine anybody's parents when we were growing up objecting to that. I mean, there, there, I were, mean, a sure there were a couple that, and they were, and they had bad kids. Right. You know, that were getting swats all the fucking but, time and shit. I remember being in high school in a, a freshman math class with a teacher, a female teacher that we know very well mm-hmm. that literally threw a desk. Yes. And another yep. student. Yep. And nobody said a I believe I was thing. in a same teacher, a different class. Can you imagine the lawsuit that would happen oh, right now? Shit. And she threw a pickle bucket. Mm. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I remember that. I didn't just make that up. Because you know, there always were pickle buckets catching the drip water from right. the roof leaking. But she I can't remember if she threw it or she kicked it at them. But there was a, a flying plastic bucket. Well, I was I, in the class when that teacher was, was threw the desk. Up? At that that I don't remember. I, I think Ian may have got the or pickle. It might have been. I can remember her Steven. throwing an eraser and hitting a kid with it one time in class. I remember her slinging a desk one time. Um, my junior year, me and my running good running buddy played football and we dated friends. We got we were always going out on the weekends, but wasn't with Gustav camping. Being a good boy, me and him were out drinking beer. Riding back roads, all that good stuff. Well, it's in off season in the winter, and you know, got weight room, so you had those damn nylon short shorts, t shirt, Mm -hmm. and you wore cleats. Yeah. Year round. That's just what you wore right. in football. Even in the fucking weight room, it was our cleats. It was a Monday morning. We're getting dressed out to go in the weight room. Head coach comes walking in. He's like, you two, I want to see you in my office. Was his face red? That yeah. head coach didn't really play around either. So we go in there. He said, I understand, which... That's exactly how he would start a yeah. sentence to is, 
I understand that, and you're Which, like, Fuck. The thing was, he hung out at the same drinking and domino place right. that my dad and this other guy's they knew. dad. They, yeah. And uh, so he sets us down in his office. He said, I understand you boys were out drinking beer this weekend. Kind of look at each other, look at him. Yeah, we said, do that every weekend. He said, well, you know uh, that whenever I find out about it, you know, I don't want my players drinking, so I've got to take care of it. So when everybody that else... That automatically means you're going to be throwing up in the yeah. next hour. So when everybody else... Heads out to the weight room. I want you guys to meet me on the track. Yes, sir. we leave. He gets us up, in the, and it's freaking February morning. Oh, yeah. It's misting like it has been right now. Those wooden-ass stands. And he gets us up on those stands, and he runs us. And he runs us. Was this your junior or senior year? My junior year. Because if he was going to say his senior year, we could say, you're welcome. Yeah, we built those stands. And uh, we run, we run, and we slip and fall. Oh, yeah. And Busting up shins right. and bloods running down our legs and shit. And those are tall-ass stands. Yep. This is a CPS report now. And uh, we'll get down to the bottom, and he's just sitting there counting them off. Up and down is one. I think we ran 20 or some right. shit like that. And we're puking, falling, falling in puke. About 15, we're sitting down, or at the bottom, we're kind of hanging over the rail, throwing up. And we both kind of look up at him at the same time. He looks at the blood running down us. We look at the blood running down us. He goes, well, we're not through. <laughs> right. And we kind of look back up at the stands and he goes, boys, both of y'all, this is another small town and everybody growing up with everybody thing. Even right. parents growing up with each other. Right. He says, uh, boys, y'all know that your daddies aren't going to care what I do to you out here. So y'all going to run I tell you not to run anymore. So he yeah, I mean, up, who are you going to complain to? Yeah. Yeah. And so he ended up stopping us at 20. You know, we're beat to shit, bleeding and puking. And, and then you got to go into the class, get cleaned up. No, nah, hell, then we got to go to the finish off in the damn weight room, doing push-ups and sit-ups and shit. Mm-hmm. Then go, yeah, then shower up and go to class. Just that look in his face of, you know, both of your daddies don't give a shit what I do to you. And there. you knew he was you know? dead on. Yeah. Rules are the rules. I remember... You're going to break them. you got to pay the cost. You knew the rule going into it. And we never even thought of, like, back-talking or standing up to a coach. Like, I remember the closest I ever got was we had a... It was a Christmas break where we were doing basketball practice where we were out of school, but the coach was still having us come up there and do Mm -hmm. workouts, which meant we were coming up there hungover anyway, Right. right? Well, me and... The one you just mentioned before, mm-hmm. the brother, you know, mm-hmm. the girl that I was dating. We had definitely been partying the night before. And he rolls in there like a few minutes late, like 10 minutes late to practice. And the coach decides that since he's late, all of us are going to run, run. Right. until yeah. somebody throws up, basically. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm tired. I'm hungover. And, you know, this coach was like, I mean, he wasn't as overtly mean as the mm-hmm. football coach, but he also, like, wasn't up for any kind of shits and that giggles. Was serious. Yeah. Serious like, he dude. was serious, and you, he wasn't ever cracking any jokes. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, you know, like, we're seriously going to do this. I'm thinking, like, I can barely make it through a practice as is. Now we're just going to have to run. You know, he was just like, we're going to run lines until most, if not all of you guys throw up. <laughs> and I was just like, so we we run, we're like three lines in. And I just had that moment of like, you know, where your frontal lobe is just not in function. Mm-hmm. And I just yelled like, fuck, you know, this is bullshit. Out loud. <laughs> Whistle. <laughs> He's like, what was that? I mean, I yelled this out loud. Right. Like, and, you know, people were yelling stuff, you know, like, ah. Right. Ugh. And I just thought for some reason I could yell, 
fuck, this is bullshit. <laughs> and this coach was also not the type that, unlike our football coach, this was a very straight-laced man yes. that didn't do any cursing. Didn't drink, didn't curse. And to curse alone would have been like, yeah. you're off the team, basically. Right. But especially to curse out that this was fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Whistle blows, dr- calls me over. Like, gets right in my face. And this guy was good friends with my dad. Mm-hmm. Knew, you know, knew me really well. And he just gave me the look of like, what did... And he was like, what did you just say? And I basically was just like, nothing. <laughs> And he gave me the look of like, you're best to just keep your mouth shut for the rest of your high school career. Yeah. I mean, I was like inside literally shaking. Like I thought that he might like just end my life right right there. Take a swing at you, put you on your ass. And of course, one of my classmates. We ran until someone did throw up. But I was just like, I can't believe I said that. And he might literally kill me. And my dad would not care. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he shouldn't, 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 have, shouldn't, have, shouldn't, shouldn't have done anything. And then all I could think about for the rest of the practice was, is he going to tell my dad that I said fuck in <laughs> practice? Like, I will, this will be the end. Yeah. I was so scared. So, so scared. I didn't ever say fuck again. Right. Well, there was, uh, talking about the teacher that you were talking about, talking about kids now, mm-hmm. had a discussion with a lady today. She's a, she teaches in the high school. And she was mentioning just the difference in no fear. No, kids, well, they have no, God, this sounds such old man. They have no, no, uh, respect for authority, no sense right. of an authority figure. And no concern for consequence. No respect, no concern of an authority figure, and everything's up for debate. Mm-hmm. And, and you have an equal voice. Yeah. And, <laughs> can you, know, you imagine? Yeah. Well, we were not, we did not feel we had an equal voice because we did And she's not. talking, I mean, she's talking about juniors and seniors, yeah. you know, and. They have a right to be heard. Eddie. I'm just thinking that I mean, this explains a lot in as far as workplace stuff. I can't imagine having to deal with, with it in the future. The youngest employees I work with that are like just out of college, so they're 24, 25, and they're of that mindset of. You can, they can say whatever they want to say. Well, it's a crime they, now to tell someone young that you're too young and dumb to have an opinion about this. Or to, and, to I'm sorry. To, or, or to, you know, you're just, you don't have enough experience yet. Now, I, I don't work in that, that I don't have yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, we had a situation, this was a few months ago, to where, you know, like once a year the CEO goes around to you know, each campus, each building, each department. They have a, not each department, but each campus area, satellite area, and uh, have a little, you know, state of the company kind of meeting right. you know what are your thoughts on things you'd right. like to improve and that kind of stuff and i sit there and watch two of these young ones like, why is our health insurance so bad why why do we have because we have to pay a lot and and it just and it sucks you know I, it's it's not good how come we don't get paid more was one from another one how come you don't pay us more and it's like they're just sitting down having a having a chat just having a chat we're as equals and just asking questions. and I'm like oh my fucking god well and I don't know who that, the hell yeah I who, mean it's who who, well, who do like you think us, you are like, it's not it's not even a question of whether or not it's better that way versus the way it was with us it was, it's just that it's so foreign yes. to the way that we grew up that it's such a shock to the system yeah like, I mean, it just, I'm trying to imagine, like, can you imagine us, like, in our summer construct school construction job? <laughs> can you imagine the thought ever even crossing our mind to, like, go up to our World War II veteran <laughs> supervisor and be like, you know, actually, I know that you're wanting to do it this way, but we think we should do it this way. Right. Like, the, 
the distance that it was from our mind of ever even saying anything like that. No. no well, I mean, never would it have crossed our would, mind to do anything other than just say, yes, sir. We wouldn't say shit to him. Now, we would we would push back on his uh, smart-ass underling. Right. But we would, but even then. And we was, would do our jackassery, yes. but never direct. We would ne- never directly confront a figure like that no. and be like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Or like, we think we should do it this way. Yeah. We knew that our opinion meant or nothing. It's too hot. We didn't have you the know, right to have an opinion about yeah. anything things. like that. It was just, we, okay, we're good. We got to do this shit. Okay. You know, and, and two, it, I mean, the, during this meeting, just the, the, to watch the uncomfortableness that went over the CEO. And I'm sitting there thinking, Oh my freaking God, these people are going to, they're going to be fired tomorrow for disrespect. Nothing. No, no, because those people are scared to death too. Nothing. And, and I, and you know, now that we're talking it out, I'm like, well, I mean, it's a completely foreign concept to me, but maybe that's how change comes about. I don't know. I don't think it is, but I don't have a problem with that open dialogue aspect it's not i mean mrs gustav and i just just a week we're talking about something and she pointed out i don't like open conflict you know yeah in my life uh and part of that i think is because in my line of work i'm not paid to create conflict i'm paid to smooth things out and and make things work mm-hmm. so I and and I think that's partly my personality in general. I, you know, I you know, my brother and I we fought like cats and dogs when we were kids, but I didn't ever fight with anybody else as a general right. rule. So I, I do realize that I'm not somebody that's out there. I don't like now. I'll stand up against somebody in right. a meeting, but I'm not just looking to fight about yeah. anything. I think, and again, that social media aspect where people have a voice now and they can get into conflict with anybody now. with no repercussion with no repercussion yeah that's I think true that that's made bled it's into entitled people a lot more. it's it's emboldened, empowered yeah emboldened people. people that what like you said especially when we were young there's no way i would even speak in one of those meetings what i know? really enjoy now is the <laughs> is when the two worlds collide of when like my way of thinking collides with the new generation mm-hmm. of thinking now like i may have told you got, I mean, I have, it seems to happen with me too much, but I told y'all the story recently about where... But not in the workplace, because you no, don't no, work... No, no, yeah, no, yeah no, you don't, don't work in that not, not on a professional no, level. No, no. This, this is all on the personal level, and it tends to happen with the either the parents of other kids or with other kids themselves. Right. But like I had the, oh, <laughs> I, I had the situation recently where we were at a party, we're at a birthday party and I'm hand, did I tell y'all about the cupcakes? Yeah, the cupcakes. And I'm handing out cup, like we've got different cupcakes, right? Like there's some chocolate cupcakes with blue icing. There's did some you white. have the gluten-free cupcake? Because I have some gluten Fuck allergies. the gluten for You know what? Just don't eat a fucking cupcake. <laughs> right. So then we have. Just sit over there by yourself. Yeah, we've got some chocolate cupcakes. With blue icing, we've got some white cupcakes with white icing. We've got white with blue, chocolate with white. We got a little mix, right? Mm-hmm. Well, evidently today, what you're supposed to do is ask each and every child which cupcake they want, and then you cater to the need of their cupcake. Well, that's not how I fucking roll. So I'm, I've got a tray of cupcakes, and I'm. Pa- you're getting the cupcake that is next up on the fucking tray. Right, That's right. the cupcake you're getting. So then this seven-year-old boy says to me with a, you know, like a snotty look on his face, you know, I'm not eating that cupcake. No. The, I handed him like I don't even remember. This is a chocolate cupcake with blue ice, and he's like, I want a white cupcake with white ice. And I say to him without the curse words, look. 
you can fucking, you can either eat the cupcake I handed you, or I can take that cupcake back, and you are not getting a cupcake. Like, Look, how about this? How about you eat the cupcake I gave you, or your other choice is no cupcake. See, you were in the wrong here, because Jackson, with an X, <laughs> he has the right to express himself. Well, here's the kicker. So, first of all, this little boy looks back at me like I'm a fucking alien. Because he's never heard. No. You don't get your fuck. <laughs> you know, you don't get to order off menu with me, son. Right. You want a fucking cupcake? Like, I'm giving you a free fucking cupcake. And you're gonna, you, you're gonna have the nuts to bitch about a free cupcake. So he looks at me like I just shot his dog. Right. I mean, he is like scared to death. What I look over and his, <laughs> His mother has also caught, has also overheard this conversation, and her face is equally a shot. But at this point, I'm done. I mean, I'm I'm all in. Oh yeah, right. you're you're so, enjoying it at this point. Yeah, what, what if he just didn't like chocolate? He it, just wanted a white one. Fuck it. <laughs> so I so so then I look at him. He his 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 eyes are saucers, and he's just staring back, mouth open. I pan over to mom. She's looking at me, eyes wide. Mouth open. So do you I, do you know the mom or is she just I know I know the mom because I've been around the mom. I don't personally know okay, the gotcha. mom. But I mean I know who she is. She right. knows who I am. She like, doesn't know you though. Right. Now she knows me. Yeah. Now she's, <laughs> so Clear. So Crystal. I, you know, after I say, Look, son, and I think I even gave him a son, I was like, <laughs> You can have this cupcake or you cannot have a cupcake. If you want a cupcake, that's the cupcake you're getting. This basically. is what you get. He's mouth open, eyes wide. She, mouth open, eyes wide. He, and it seems like the mom especially is kind of waiting for me to get the recognition of, oh, that's improper. I should now change my tune. Instead, I peer back at her, then back at him, then back over at her like, this is the way this is fucking going. <laughs> Look got it? back at him. Then he's like, I'll take that cupcake. <laughs> Give him the cup. Guess what? Ate the whole fucking cupcake. There you like go. little motherfucker, didn't you? <laughs> like, that, I mean, and all I could think of, and granted, I'm an asshole, okay? I'll, I'll give you that. But all I could think of at the time was, and first of all, I don't think that's an asshole move. Was this a cheer? I think I was, I mean, let's just set aside the fact that I'm an asshole. I don't think I was being an asshole in this situation. I think I was just saying, look, I've offered you a cupcake. Like, you've got an allergy where this is going to kill you. That's one thing. But that's not the issue. You just want blue versus white. Like, you know, fuck off. So, <laughs> this is a little, this is, if there's... If, if my kid, if, uh, let me put it this way: if my, if I watch my kid respond that way to another adult, I would put pull my kid aside and be like, "You're out of your fucking mind." I, okay, I agree on that. I agree on that point. Now, obviously, this child has not been taught that, and maybe that's not their fault. But fuck it, this is their chance to learn. <laughs> that, okay, so I tell the kid, you know, this is your cupcake. You can eat. You know, finishes his cupcake, no problem. By the way, the look I saw in the eyes of some of the other kids around him. Guess who I didn't get shit from the rest of that table? <laughs> Any of those other fucking kids, they all took the cupcake I offered and didn't say a fucking word about right. it. But all I could think of afterwards was, first of all, that mother is going to be talking shit about me to everybody else, and that's fine. But can you even imagine one of us responding in that way at a birthday party at age six mm -mm, or seven? No. Can you imagine my dad handing you a cupcake at my birthday party and you looking at him and saying, I I'm not going to eat this. I want one that's... Right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. First off, there wouldn't be can any options. You, can right. you imagine? Yeah. Well, hell, I was a grown-ass adult before I felt, you know, that I had the voice to say, you know what? I prefer the corner piece of the cake, you know? 
Because I, I like got, more icing. And, and here's, a, you know what? Here's another. Sub- I just took what was given me. Here's you know? another thing of that, like that just drives me insane. And I don't want to go all old man, but there's a million. Much of, that's what this episode yeah, is. Right. But that, there's a million of these. But this whole idea, like when I explain this to kids these days, the random kids, listen, <laughs> and I will. I mean, I'm sorry, but I will give a lecture to kids that I don't even know in the grocery store. I don't fucking care. <laughs> But this issue, you talk about being foreign. How many of you guys growing up, even into your high school age, had the right to like place your order for dinner? Like, at, at home? Yeah. Like like your mother or your dad or whatever cooks something and you'd be like, I'm not fucking eating that. You need to make me this. No. Can you imagine you doing You go without. That? That's right. Well, first you get your ass whipped. Get- I mean, then you'd go without. Okay, first of all, all of us ate so much shit growing up. But did you ever say anything to your parents about like I'm not eating that? No. Or if you did, if you just didn't want to eat it, that would be fine, and you could just go without. Right. But th- I mean, you would be shocked. You probably know people like this. I'm shocked at the people I've met that like they literally will make three different meals mm-hmm. for their three different kids that are six, eight, and fourteen at the table because. Oh, well, Susie won't eat that. I'm like, well, Susie will eat it if it, she's going to fucking starve. Right. Otherwise, if she's hungry, she'll eat it. Especially if you're making a decent meal. It's not like right. you're throwing down raw spam on their plate and being yeah. like, raw spam again. Now, my youngest nine. one is an extremely picky eater, and we have created a little beast with that one. And we've, I, I, we've gotten a little bit of it at our house, too. And we've tried to work back into where, okay, no, or no, we have worked back into, um, this is what's for supper. But like, you're I, not even having a but that's cheese quesadilla. Even that is know? different than like I have seen middle school girls talk to their parents in the way to be like, "You got to be fucking kidding me, giving me that." No, no, yeah, no, not, none of that. I'd be like, but there you, is a you missed out on the generation when you would have you would have literally gotten it across the page. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you said that to a mom. Yeah. you said, "I'm not eating this shit." Yeah, that's basically what they're saying. <laughs> Being like, I work. All day, and then I came home and made this dinner. Yeah, and you're gonna tell me with your arms crossed you're not eating this shit. Yeah, can you imagine? No, I mean, it's a different world. It's it's. I it's just I can't. Is. I can't get used to that. No. I just can't. And I am a Neanderthal. Neanderthal for being. I mean, I still stick with the look. This is what is for dinner. Yeah, done. Right. There's something on the plate that you'll eat. Yeah, so. and this, and you know, side note, I've also prepared a better, healthier tastier dinner than we ever got growing oh, up. Oh, yeah. Like, this is, you know, I mean, this is not Manwich. Right. This is beyond Chef Boyardee. This is an actual good meal. If you don't want to eat it, that's fine. You know, I'm not going to punish you for not eating it, but this is dinner. That's that's what's this for dinner. dinner. Yep. And that is like, I mean, I'm in the 1% club. Yeah. In, in the this culture that I'm yeah. involved in right now. I mean, it's just insane. But, you know. It's, it's he insane. signs the screen. What are you going to do? Yeah. Grinds his gears. Never wondered. I mean, it's just insane. It's a different. It's we've said it, and I know we're sounding like such old men. I'm in the. I mean, I, I'll admit, I'm in. The, I'm in the extreme community, right? Like I'm. I'm in the community with the, the first graders having seven hundred dollars cell phones. And right. Right. You know, yeah, but, yeah, you are in the. But it's it's ground it's, zero for that. It's so out of control, and I know it's it's a stereotypical old man thing to say, but. The, Childhood entitlement and the idea that the world revolves around the child mm-hmm. is out of control. Yeah. And it doesn't help anyone. No. Especially the child. No. Because that kid that will that 
feels like they can order whatever they want at every meal at home is not ready for the world. Turns into the narcissist who wants to order off menu at Jason's Deli. Lightly toasted on one side only. Right. Do y'all, and I already know the answer to this. Or the psychopath that is going to walk through the grocery store on the speakerphone. Oh, shit. And I, I, Remind me to tell you a public phone conversation I overheard. Well, I'll tell you a public phone conversation I overheard in the Pacific Northwest this weekend when I was getting on the elevator at the hotel. It was a guy probably about five to ten years older than us saying, yeah, I woke up angry and aroused on the phone as I'm standing there. And then we get on the things like, no, I can't tell you anymore. But I was turned on, but I'm on the elevator. Don't you think people in the Pacific Northwest in general have more grooming issues? Doesn't it just strike you that way? I mean, I've always a, thought that this about was that group. businessman type because I was in a businessman type hotel. If you're in Portland. But just in general. I mean, I mean, I've been little, there a little of earth, times, little, and it they're more, me they're more earthy for sure. They smell like patchouli oil, which he gets turned on by. I like that. I got a sense up there of grooming issues. Yeah. So, okay, when we talk about grooming issues, are we talking about pits and legs, or are we talking just about crotch? Because I'm all for a big old hairy muff, but I don't want any part of hairy legs or hairy armpits. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of just all of it in general. Of course, the main focus is always... Now, you can trim up that hairy muff, you know, mix things up. You can go bald, shave it off, and grow it back. I like the variety Well, but here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with long, but it needs to not be scraggly. Okay, well, then you get into what kind of pube hair are you dealing with. You know, you got... Human. You got a human... (laughs) Human's the first, that's best. You got straight pubes that are just a little curvy. You got the curly curly... I'm talking about full-on activator. And then you got, like... The super soft, it's like downy, like, yeah. like otter fur. Otter fur. <laughs> like Emmett otter fur. Yeah. I love Emmett otters. It's one of my favorite. But I, I, I would bet that there's a higher percentage of chance of running into some old gal with hairy legs or hairy armpits in the PNW. And uh, with a musk aroma about them. Mm. Well, then you get Heavy well, not, no, that's a, we're like talking about a different. I think smell. Yeah, I think you know what? If you go to that patchouli path, that's what you get. Musk huh? is going to happen. Something nah, that's true, and not like oh, I bought what, this bottle hey, of musk. No, what would I'm you? Musk. What would you rather? Would you rather a chick have total forest haired armpits or just shit breath? Mm, damn, I think I'd have to go pits. I would too. I can't handle that bad, bad breath. breath. I can't handle bad it's breath. Rough. People underestimate the importance of the breath. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And since I drink coffee and dip snuff, I'm conscious of yeah. my breath. It's so your mouth like a so I always have gum, have some mints, have, you know, be there's, aware. There's no, well, there might be a few, but there's few bigger automatic turn off discounts, you're gone exclusions than the shit breath. No, yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's like one time you're like, oh, something may have happened. But if it happens again, you're like, yeah. oh, this is just a thing. Oh, you yeah. just yeah. have shit breath. Right. Well, that, that, you're, that's, yeah. you're done. That's, yeah. and, and from a social standpoint and work, I don't care what your armpits are. Even if you're wearing a short sleeve, you know, where I could see them, I can't deal with your breath if you Mm-mm. have bad breath all the time. No. And I got to deal, you know, interact with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with y'all. If you if you got to take one, I'm taking pits all yeah, day. Yeah, I take pits on that. I don't yeah. want the hairy pits. I mean, I know I've been in places where in the summertime where you see some very attractive woman and she raises up, she's wearing a tank top or she's wearing a swimsuit and it's buckwheat 
in your armpit. What about this? Would you rather be with a super hot SEC Southern Belle with buckwheat pit or also super hot? Equally as hot, clean pit, but heavy northeast accent. I'll, I'll take Southern Belle. I cannot do that northeast accent. I've I'm been, talking. I'm talking like <clears throat> Manhattan northeast, like heavy accent. I, I can't do that northern, that northeastern accent, like Fran Dresser accent. New. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I've spent a lot of time up there, and it, it, you know, it depends where you're at. You know, I mean, I've spent time in Boston. And honestly, I can't remember anybody attractive that I worked with, but it's been a long time ago. It's not really known for the hotties, Boston. No. Uh, but then again, I think that that accent could definitely like cloud my recollection. Like they might have been a ten, but I don't yeah. see that because all I hear is "oh, wicked," you know. Yeah, uh, wicked pisser. Yeah. There was a guy named Pat that was the most stereotypical Boston yeah. guy ever that I worked with, and he would say "wicked" in a meeting, uh, and I would just go ape shit inside how happy I was that he was fulfilling my Boston stereotype right. image. Well, I used to work with this lady from, uh, and she was an attractive lady, early fifties. She was from Michigan, and she had one of those cargos. Dirt, dirt? No, 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 no. That dirty ass Michigan accent. Uh. <laughs> And sound is almost like a cross between like northeast and just that mich just that what you think of what's that northern Michigan? What do they call them? The UP. The UP. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, it was, and I was, I was like, oh man. You gotta show people where you it are just, on the hand where, where they're from. Mm-hmm. And her voice would just grate on me like, oh damn. What's the what's, what's and the, she was loud. What's the least attractive American accent for you? Northeast. Well, you gotta Boston go little, or New York, New Jersey? Uh, like Bronx. That Bronx. Fem- you talking about from a female? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah I that, guess. The, whoever you would I mean, potentially whatever you're potentially like that, uh, sex with. Yeah. yeah, like that Bronx, Jersey, New Yorky. New Jersey Housewives. That Yeah, that yeah, she, I've never seen rough. it. But sure. Yeah, that to me, that's the most grating. Yeah. yeah. Most boner killer. Yeah, just the like, Fran Drescher. I, yes, can't do it. Yeah, it's that's that's probably the same for me. But you guess it's pretty bad. I'm thinking, you know, I tell you a voice. Uh, the Valley Girl one is voice. pretty bad too. The Valley Girl's yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, but that Rosie Perez style of talking. Yeah, that's pretty much, and that's Bronxish. Yeah, but some Puerto Rican. Yeah, that's that's flavor bad too. To it. That's pretty bad. That I, I could. I could take Fran Drescher over that. That Rosie Perez feels boy, those are. I mean, you're dealing with some. Yeah, especially when you get them irate, right? Wound popped up. up. Yeah, Fran Drescher's got a nice set of the up top. Fran Drescher's yeah. fine. Doctor Detroit. Ooh. What's your favorite? Your the most attractive accent? American accent. It's southern. I like southern, but I don't like it too deep south. Well, what uh, was my next question? What type of southern accent? I mean, you, North, like North Texas, <laughs> northeast Texas accent. Northeast Texas. The northeast Texas. Uh, northeast Lamar Texas. County. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Southeastern Oklahoma. You know. Are you going to go? You know, like Arkansas? Are you going to go no, it's, Georgia? I, I, I could draw you exactly, you know, where right. on the map. Right. Uh, my wife's accent's just perfect for me. Work with a girl. For, she's from Alabama. I don't like Kunas accent. I like the. Um, and she has the. I mean, I talk country, but this Southern girl, Belle. This girl, she talks country, and it's just 
I love listening to her talk. It's not George. I mean, it's Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I can only handle so much of that. I, I kind of like the Colorado where there's just a hint of the accent. Yeah, but there's so few people from Colorado that live in Colorado. Now. Well, those are the ones that have that accent, though. That they What's, have it's just a touch, like it's a little bit. It's kind of a mix of Southern and Midwest. It's just a little bit of an I was accent. Friends in college with a guy from Colorado or Colorado, as he taught me to say. Missouri. You know, he would yeah. all. I say Missouri he had a. Time. To me, he just had like a city accent. Yeah. It's just kind of a crisp, clean... Yes, it was very clean, yeah. very crisp. It's almost neutral in some ways. Yeah, I mean, it was... A, yeah. To me, it was a city accent. I mean, it was... I work with a couple pretty similar of, to, like, a Northern California. It's like a not a heavy thing. Yeah. yeah. Real Southern girls right now, and one of them, it's, you know, it's like butter dripping on biscuits mm. type. <laughs> Where's this now? That, that I work with right now. Yeah. She's... Paula Danish. Yeah, it's... I can't handle that. It's a little Where is she from? That's too much. I think she lives in Alabama. Okay. uh, On where she's exactly from. Then there's one from Tennessee. She sounds a little more... I I can't handle that coon-ass Louisiana. No, I can't handle the Louisiana. No. You know, I'm... Yeah. Yeah, that that one's too much for me. When I worked in Memphis... That's the only time that I've I love ever... the fact that I'm spouting off of that shitty accent. I know sure. it. There's an irony to it all. Uh, don't, when uh, I'm I, not going to put up with that bullshit. When I worked in Memphis, that was the only time that people sounded like us. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't have to explain where I was from or anything, whereas normally it's like, oh, where are you from? You yeah. Know, yeah what, you walk what? in and they're like, I sell, I say boy. Right. Why do you sound like that? Uh, one of my when we got was I guess my oldest one when she was in probably second or third grade I went out to eat lunch with her at school one day you know that's always a big deal you know when a parent mm-hmm. sh- you know the kids are you know sitting at lunch and, oh, yeah. you know looking around looking at you like you're an alien and uh, I heard one of them they were just sitting there I was talking to all of them you know cutting up telling jokes and uh, they liked my little Johnny routine oh yeah and uh, I heard one of the girls go her daddy's really country. Her daddy talks country. And And you were also in the overalls with no undershirt. Right. Chewing on a Uh, sprig of of wheat. (laughs) I remember one time I was in college, and I was snow skiing in Colorado, and I got on a ski lift, and this lady said to me, how are you doing? And I said, fine. And she said, where are you from? Texas? I said (laughs) one word. Right. (laughs) She was like, she looked at me like, what the? She was like. Where are you from? Texas? Yeah, I I ran ran into somebody that... One word! (laughs) She was from... I was up in Seattle this week, and she was from Lubbock originally, and then grew up in Grand Prairie, and it was... She was with her co-workers, and we were talking about Texas, and it was very clear... While she and I, you know, had this kind of bond, the other ladies with her were like, you don't sound like him, type Mm -hmm. thing. I'm like, well, you know. I'm, I told she her she lost it. I was, well, I, Grand Prairie and, and well, me, yeah, you know, 903, yeah, doesn't exactly sound exactly the same. But. What's crazy is that us growing up, like we would identify other kids that were like, boy, that he's really got an accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I well, mean, those those guys. Yeah, you, you send them up northeast, and it's really like Ooh. I didn't, I didn't really have that idea until I was like college and started traveling other places. Yeah. And I'd be like, what do you mean, like? I've got a thick. Act. I mean, I remember going to Seattle, and I was asking. I was asking for a bag of ice, and they thought I was. This lady called over the manager and literally thought I was asking for a bag of ass. Yes. 
and she she was she kept looking at me like, "Sir, how offensive!" You know, this and I was like, "What?" And that same trip I was on, I called up a Pizza Hut while I was in Seattle and ordered a pizza. And this fucker on the phone was so taken by my accent, he call he was calling other people over to hear where I could hear is like, "You gotta come listen to this shit." <laughs> Uh, yeah, sir, what was it you were wanting? I mean, I was like, what? Get a large, supreme, yeah. thin and crispy, please. I mean, I was like, oh, a bag of ass. That's when I realized, <laughs> oh, wait, I also sound like... Like... I thought of myself as, you know, so extreme. Uh, I mean, I was practically Ted Knight in my mind compared right, to this right. guy. Well, when I went to school out in Lubbock, everybody was, you know, they weren't from our place, and they, they were calling me Hick. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, look, you think I'm a fucking Hick? You gotta meet the Hicks. I can take you home and come back with me. I'll show you fucking Hicks. There is a big difference between that West Texas, even that West Texas accent and oh, the Northeast yeah. Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, big time. Like well, state. in Northeast Texas, you start getting into Arkansas, yep. and, yep. and, Northeast. well, you know, and, like we've mentioned before, if if your family has roots in Northeast Texas, if that's where your family's been for a hundred years, they came from Kentucky, Tennessee, yep. Arkansas. That's Northeast that Texas is much more like the South, where West Texas is much more like the Southwest. Yes, I mean it's very or, or the plains, more like you well, know, yeah, or the plains. Some, what what I miss Southern accents no. in Odessa. No, what I do miss is hearing like people our dad's age talking, and that whole speech pattern, that whole that whole language is disappearing because we don't talk like that. But it's so good for storytelling. Yes, and because I because I compare my dad speaks a little more civilized than what my grandpa did, and we, it's like we lose a little bit of it each generation. Right. You know, and uh, it's it's interesting to just want to hadn't talked to him in a while or seen him in a while and go up and see him. I'm like, damn, yeah. So Sounds good. And I'd love to hear a recording of my grandpa. Oh, yeah. To see what that sounded like. Right. You know. Well, that was watching, uh, I don't know if y'all ever saw it, Ken Burns' Dust Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really I good. hadn't watched you know, I'm, I'm reading, I think, the book that, that was tied with the uh, worst hard times ever. That, um, I don't think it's, I mean, that but Dust I think Bowl it's, series is really good. And it's not, as compared to most of his stuff, it's not as long. No, it's like three episodes, yeah. I right. think. And, uh, well, they're interviewing old people from, mm-hmm. you know, the Panhandle and the Panhandle of Oklahoma and anywhere from Wichita Falls to Amarillo and then up in the Oklahoma Pan and just listening to those old people talk. Yeah. I mean, it just made me smile thinking about it. Mean, it sounds just like our grandparents yep. sounded, right. you know. Felt like you were right back at a family reunion. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we definitely lost a lot of that. But that just the, not just the phrasing and the speech, but just the, just the way of telling a story and everything, mm-hmm. too, is just different. And I read, I wish I need to look and see if I can find it again. A few years ago, and I can't remember what university this, maybe Purdue? Maybe it was a, it was like a blog that this linguist wrote. He was a, I think it was, I think he, he was from Purdue, but it was real interesting. He was, basically he was mapping, uh, dialects of the, of the South, yeah. basically. And he talked about how each generation, as, you know, since post World War II, as people have, you know, left the country and moved to the city and everything's mm-hmm. become more urban, but how these dialects have started dying. And uh, it, it was a real interesting read. And, you know, I mean, he'd even break it down to, he could, uh, little Beatle videos. He'd listen to somebody talk from Arkansas, somebody talk from, you know, 
Kentucky. He'd break down the different. He'd have them read something, then, and then he'd break down in linguist talk how, how the different speech patterns are and the in the dialects. It was it was interesting. How, and then he'd you know tie that back into the ancestry of where those people came from. You know, and a lot of the Scottish and the that right. that whole kind of thing. Well, another interesting. thing that's changed too, just like it. You know, whether it be in movies. Or stories, and it, it was also reflected in just the way people told stories. The difference between like attention span, oh yeah, uh, and yeah. delayed gratification, and like it, you know, like when your grandfather would tell a long ass story, yeah, and that you would, but you would still be engaged in it right. to where, like, if you tried to tell that same story to mm-hmm. your kids or to kids in general right now, yeah. I mean, just you'd get a tune out, yeah, thirty seconds in because yep. they're just not. They're not made to receive information. Right, way. right. That was always my favorite part of family get-togethers was listening oh. to all the freaking stories from my, especially when my grandparents, when my grandpa and a couple of his sisters were still alive. You know, talking about from when they were kids mm-hmm. in the 20s and just the laughing and the, we used to laugh and because we'd tell the same damn stories, right. hear the same damn stories every family gathering. And somebody was like, you know. And then we'd all laugh at the end of them. And my dad said, you know, we always tell these same stories. Why don't we just number them? Right. So instead of going through it again, we can just say, <laughs> number 13. <laughs> right. And everybody laugh. And, you know. Now, well, that reminds me, I think we were the, I mean, I'm interested in y'all's opinion of it, but it feels like we were almost, well, it wasn't to near the extent that it was to our parents. It feels like we were kind of the last generation of the seen but not heard. Like that, like with my grandparents. Yeah. Like, it definitely, I mean, can you count the number of times that you interrupted your grandfather saying no. something ever? No. Or that, like, you, like, if, if grandfather or grandmother was saying something to where it was, it was not your place to, hey, let me tell you about yeah. this story. Like, Well, or you get run out, too. Yeah, right? y'all you go just, in there. Y'all play. go on. Y'all, y'all get on. Y'all go outside and play. And you were lucky, and I felt lucky and fortunate if I got to sit in and listen to adult talk. Yeah. Absolutely. And you weren't invited in to be like, oh, you're one of us. Yeah. Not only do you have a voice, but you sit here and listen and give your opinion or what it's like. <laughs> you get your ass out there and play. Yeah. You're not part of adult time. Yeah. Like, we're going to have this adult party. All you kids go back there and do or something. Or you'd, you'd make an appearance and then you'd get right. shunned off. You'd be there for like 15 minutes and then. It was better for adults, too, though. Absolutely. You know, adults got oh, yeah. to have adult time. I mean, yeah. how often do adults with kids get to have adult time? If the kids are also there. Yeah. Now, I do think there's people that still have that balance. It's not us. I mean, exactly. But it's not the norm. No, it's not the norm. It's not. Well, and I can remember. And it may have been swung a little too extreme before us. Sure. Yeah, because. But it swung way back to the other way. Because there's been a few times, not in, it's probably been five or six years, that, you know, some of Miss Longmire's friends who, they had children earlier. Right. You know, so, uh, you know, we'd be out at gatherings. And their idea was pretty much exactly like we were raised. Kids go off, and, and it would make Miss Longmire kind of nervous. Is but nobody's watching these kids? You know, right. somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, there there was no oversight right. whatsoever with some right. of these. Everybody lived. That's where worlds no, were colliding. Yeah, with no, like the grandparents. Nobody like, got hurt. Got to watch them all the time. Yeah, it's definitely changed. But I mean, we I think we kind of just hunkered down. We're we're not social, yeah. really, uh, personally. It's just not something that, I don't, I mean, it's not the same, but we definitely, I think we just kind of circled the wagons. Yeah. Well, part yeah. of that, too, has to do with, like, we're not, 
we're not living in as big of a community society right. as we were raised in. Yeah. Like, we don't know, like, we don't know our neighbors because our parents also knew their parents, also knew, you know, it's right. not sure. as, as much of a community situation yeah. that we're growing yeah. up in as our kids are growing up in. Right. Uh, and, and I'm definitely glad we grew up in that, yes. that situation. But it's different. And it's different. I'm also very glad, I mean, every situation, every generation has its positive and negatives, but like, I wouldn't have traded for the world the fact that we got to have as much freedom as we did. Too. Right. That's something that's changed a ton. Right. Yeah. Like that whole idea of like leaving on a Saturday morning and coming back Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. And you on your back. Like right. literally not really knowing, having a vague idea of where you are. Certainly where you're, the specifics of what you're doing. Knowing where you're supposed to be. <laughs> right. That like, was, yeah. You know, they didn't know that in junior high we were running around having BB gun fights with right. each other. Like, just didn't, yeah. you know, I'm yeah, glad but, we got to experience that. But having BB gun fights, I mean, they really didn't, they had BB gun fights. Yeah, that's you know, true. It was kind of that, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it wasn't as, it wasn't as big Y'all be a careful. Yeah. Y'all be careful. Don't shoot anybody in the eye. Uh, yeah. But yeah. the was... thing, the big difference to me is that with that independence, we, it better prepared us for being an adult than right. kids are prepared to be an adult now. And yeah. I know that's something our parents said and their yeah. grandparents. Said, yeah, but I do think that it's it's progressed in that way. Yeah, that, like it's just not. Of course, being an adult now is just a totally different thing than what being an adult was then. But it just you have to have a certain level of that independence to, to be prepared for for the world. Yeah. Now there's a couple of things, or your expectations for the world are going to be really well. Distorted. And that's why I saw this on online last month or something. I just kind of shook my head. One of the popular things amongst millennials who. I, the small group of millennials who are actually making decent money is uh they take adulting classes. I hate that fucking word. Yeah, those are insane. To where it teaches you how to do adult stuff and how, you know, like, what? Yeah. what do you mean? Te- teaches you, okay, I mean. Now, part of that is, I think part of that is a failure on their parents' generation to teach them basic things. Right. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I got into adulthood not knowing how to do a lot of shit. And I know, you just, yeah. And you just figure it you out figure by it trial out. and error. But right. there's certain things. Fuck like, a few things up, especially sure. financially and stuff. Yeah. Well, shit, don't do that anymore. Well, and, yeah. and that's, we've all, I mean, even by the time we went through school, there wasn't any financial, nobody taught you how to balance a checkbook. No. Or any of that shit. Um, or taxes. But. And if we got in our, unless it was a severe situation, I think it's true for all of us that once we start to get to that position where we're starting to kind of enter adulthood, like post high school especially, if we found ourselves in a fucked up situation, our last thought was to like, I got to call my parents to fix this. It was like, I got to figure out a way to fix this shit. Before my parents find out. (laughs) Or, but there was also a sense of, at least, uh, you know, even if it wasn't something you fucked up, you wanted to take care of it yourself. Yeah. Figure it out. Like, and I think I told this one before, the first day I left home to drive to Lubbock with all my shit in my shitty car, I had car trouble out by like Childress or somewhere. And I, you know, found a garage and they helped me and it was mine. It was like a fuel You didn't just sit on the side of the road and wait for somebody to... Yeah, there wasn't any phone. You know, I limped 20 miles an hour or whatever it could go and I dealt with it. Now... I called them to say, hey. At I'm the gas station. At you, the gas you, station. You whipped out your cell phone and called a, them? There wasn't a cell phone. <laughs> exactly. And this is not to say like that we were superhuman or anything like that. This was just the mindset. Right. Yeah. yeah no, I, yeah, it was just, just the way we were. And I've tried what's, to. what you had to do. I've yeah. Yeah. that with my kids. Like, you know, I've, none of them are driving yet, but if I'm working on brakes or chain, I'm like, 
this is how you change a tire. This is, you know, you got to have this. This, you know, you need to know these things. Uh, and I realized just, and I, hell, I use YouTube for all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of things they just, oh, I could just look it up on YouTube. I don't need, right. I don't need to learn how to do that, you know, hands on. I can just watch right. somebody else do it. What I need to know, I can look it up on YouTube. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just think of one of the biggest issues, and I understand the reasoning behind it, but one of the biggest failures or issues or problems that, you see now with parenting is that because of their fear that parents don't give kids the leeway to not only fall down, right, but to give themselves at least a chance to pick themselves up first. Mm-hmm. Like it's one thing like, if, okay, if my kid is about to get, you know, bit by an alligator, then I'm going to swoop them up. Okay? Right. But if they're, if they just fell down and they're yeah. scuffed up and they don't need to go to the emergency room like versus me swooping in and fixing it right quick let me just give them some time to because that's the only way you learn yeah. how to fix situations and pick yourself away is a having the freedom to fuck up yeah and b having the opportunity to find a way to pick yourself up and yeah. fix it and that's hard for a parent because you're anxious and you don't want first you don't want to see them fall right you don't want to see them hurt but then your natural reaction first is to, oh shit, they're hurt. Let me go help them. But that's not you got to. That's not always the best thing for them, depending yeah. on the severity of the hurt. And it's hard to stay at a distance. But we don't have near enough of that these days, no. in my opinion. Right. We got way too much of the at first, like, oh my gosh, I'm not even gonna. First of all. I'm going to protect you from even being able to fall. But then on the off chance that you do fall, I'm going to be there so fast that I will break your fall. Yeah. And that, that that's not building resilience. When my oldest was in fifth grade, fourth grade, she's spending the night at a friend's house. They're having a sleepover. The uh, parent called that evening. She's like, we've had a, we've had a little accident. I was like, oh, shit. What? Okay, what? Well, the girls were playing, and uh, yours was... They were lining. They were playing in the hallway, and yours was. They were sitting in the floor. Well, a picture fell off the floor, and it hit her in the forehead, and it, and it cut her. But, oh, does it need stitches or anything? No, but it, it, it's probably going to leave a scar. Well, just yeah, but get it. Thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah, right. I appreciate that. that, that piece but you, of you, it. you could see the kind of the panic in their voice, though, of wondering what type of parent. Sure. They were going to be dealing with. And, and, and they, he, how dare you not call me right away? And even on, and, and we knew them and they knew that we wouldn't know. Right. Need stitches? No. I'll just put a band aid on it and it'll be all right. But back to our. And she does have a scar from it. <laughs> right, right. Back to our lack of community. You know, right. Whereas you knew, like, since everybody's parents knew in some way, you knew it was a. Mm hmm. You know, that's like. I, I hardly know anybody's parents that the kids go to school. There's a few, but not knowing, you always like, well, what kind of somebody? Right. Like, I'm going to go over. You know, they want me to come over to their house. Like, what kind of people are these? You know. Yeah, because mine have a few friends. They're more than welcome to come over here, but not. But they're not going over there. Right. You know. You need to know that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's know? hard, but it's hard to know. Yeah. Uh, in that, extremely hard. Because I'm sure there are some that they go over to that I probably wouldn't like. But right. When we had hopefully, the luxury of like our our friends, most of our friends that we were doing things like overnight stays with. All the parents knew each other. Our yeah. parents knew each other well enough to know that like, well, they're at least of a, a general like mind as us. Yeah, they're like, right. not complete fuck up. Like we know that their values or whatever and the way they think about things are at least within the general range of the way right. we right. see things. Right. And so, you know, it's, you know, it's fine. 
Yeah. And because they knew each other from junior high. Right. Because, you know, they'd or if it was somebody life. new that had moved in the town, they generally, which that was a hard town to fit into. But people would ask around and you would right. figure out yeah, oh, how yeah. people yeah, are. You, you, you got know. a sense of who, who was what. There wasn't a lot of mystery. No. no. Now there's some misinformation, but not mystery. Well, we're at 115 of this old man around. Oh, man, see? Wound us up. Telling you, old man this boy, is screams at cloud. It's going to be a controversial episode. We're going to piss off some uh, millennials with this episode. Bro. They'll get over hey, it. Just eat your fucking cupcake. Put a trigger warning on this one. They gonna be offended. I, yeah. they know I, we're I full think of if shit. they listen to us, they know we're full of shit. Yeah, I think if you get mad about it, you can get over it. I think it was Don Henley that sang that song. Get this, over this it. before or after he had sex with a 14-year-old girl. After. Get over it. <laughs> All right. All right. I guess that's our episode title. Get over it. Get that, over that it. That works for me. I thought it was going to be... Uh, there was another thing that popped up, something you said. I think that's get over good. it sums it up pretty good. Just get, get over, over it. it. Pretty good. All right. That's, that'll be the name. Okay. Okay. Guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye. Get out of here, Dewey. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. You're smoking reefers? Yeah, of course we are. Can't you smell it? No, Sam. I can't. Come on, Dewey. Join the party. No, Dewey. You don't want this. Get out of here. You know what? I don't want no hangover. I can't get no hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. Well, I'll get addicted to it or something? It's not habit-forming. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't want to overdose on it you can't od on it it's not gonna make me want to have sex is it it makes sex even better sounds kind of expensive it's the cheapest drug there is hmm you don't want it i think i kind of want it (laughs) okay but just this once come on in If licenses and regulations help stop sex trafficking, then if Kansas truly wanted to put an end to sex slavery, shouldn't they allow grown adults to engage in prostitution legally and then regulate and license that? When you ban something outright, that forces what you ban onto the black market. And the black market is where shady stuff starts happening. Case in point, many years ago, my friend came over with some marijuana and we smoked it. Shortly after, we both started feeling something wasn't quite right. That's right, it was laced. Then not too long ago, Colorado legalized marijuana, and now a lot of the marijuana being sold around here comes from dispensaries in Colorado, and you hardly ever hear tales anymore of people buying pot that's laced. I say the same basics apply to prostitution. If prostitution was legalized and reasonably regulated, then most people would rather deal with a legitimate licensed prostitute than have to deal with pimps and potential sex slaves. So I propose this. The city allows for licensed masseurs to give genital massages if the masseur and the client both agree to it. We let someone get naked and and have every other part of their body touched and rubbed by a massage therapist. Hell, we let proctologists spend their day fingering men and sticking things up their anus. So if someone wants to yank a guy's crank, I say let him. Picture this, a big old sweaty fat guy. Would getting him off with your hand actually be that much worse than giving him a full body massage 
getting up in there under the folds of fat, or being the proctologist, sticking your finger up his ass. And that brings me to my last point. This is about a group of people imposing their morality on the rest of society. If a grown adult wants a, a hand job, another grown adult, and another grown adult is willing to give one for money, then let them. That's both freedom and capitalism, and that's the foundation of our country. If you have a problem with a genital massage, then don't get one, and allow other consenting adults to do what they want. That would truly be a happy ending for everyone. Thank you. And world-class championship wrestling, I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Saldy. Good night from Dallas, Texas. Get out of here, Dewey. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. You're smoking reefers? Yeah, of course we are. Can't you smell it? No, Sam. I can't. Come on, Dewey. Join the party. No, Dewey. You don't want this. Get out of here. You know what? I don't want no hangover. I can't get no hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. Well, I'll get addicted to it or something? It's not habit-forming. Okay, well, I don't know. I don't want to overdose on it. You can't OD on it. It's not going to make me want to have sex, is it? It makes sex even better. Sounds kind of expensive. It's the cheapest drug there is. Hmm. You don't want it. I think I kind of want it. (laughs) Okay, but just this once. Come on in. If licenses and regulations help stop sex trafficking, then if Kansas truly wanted to put an end to sex slavery, shouldn't they allow grown adults to engage in prostitution legally and then regulate and license that? When you ban something outright, that forces what you ban onto the black market, and the black market is where shady stuff starts happening. Case in point, many years ago, my friend came over with some marijuana, and we smoked it. Shortly after, we both started feeling something wasn't quite right. That's right, it was laced. Then not too long ago, Colorado legalized marijuana, and now a lot of the marijuana being sold around here comes from dispensaries in Colorado, and you hardly ever hear tales anymore of people buying pot that's laced. I say the same basics apply to prostitution. If prostitution was legalized and reasonably regulated, then most people would rather deal with a legitimate licensed prostitute than have to deal with pimps and potential sex slaves. So I propose this. The city allows for licensed masseurs to give genital massages if the masseur and the client both agree to it. We let someone get naked and and have every other part of their body touched and rubbed by a massage therapist. Hell, we let proctologists spend their day fingering men and sticking things up their anus. So if someone wants to yank a guy's crank, I say let him. Picture this, a big old sweaty fat guy would getting him off with your hand actually be that much worse than giving him a full body massage, getting up in there under the folds of fat, 
or being the proctologist sticking your finger up his ass. And that brings me to my last point. This is about a group of people imposing their morality on the rest of society. If a grown adult wants a, a hand job, another grown adult, and another grown adult is willing to give one for money, then let them. That's both freedom and capitalism, and that's the foundation of our country. If you have a problem with a genital massage, then don't get one and allow other consenting adults to do what they want. That would truly be a happy ending for everyone. Thank you. And world-class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Sally. Good night from Dallas, Texas.